Now let's uh, let's turn to our first scripture reading. Psalm eight in your Old Testament to the choir master according to the Giddith, a psalm of David. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and infants you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Thus is the reading of the holy, inspired, and perfect word of God. Our scripture reading you will notice it's not Daniel 9, 1 to 19. It is, in fact, on page 843 of your Pew Bible, if you're reading out of that. It'll be Mark chapter 8, verse 11. We'll continue in our series in the Gospel of Mark. And Jesus has just fed the 4,000. Uh, the last time I was able to come up and proclaim. And now we, we see he's left the multitude and he's crossed over to the other side. And so is the reading of the holy, perfect, preserved for all generations word of the Lord. Mark chapter 8, verse 11. The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, why does this generation seek a sign? Truly, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he left them, got into the boat again, and went to the other side. Now they had forgotten to bring bread. And they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them, saying, Watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to him, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They said to him, Twelve. And the seven for the four thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, seven. And he said to them, do you not understand yet? Help us, Lord, to have eyes to see your word, ears to hear. Help our minds to perceive and understand correctly what you say to us today in your Son's holy and perfect name. Amen. So, it's often said, you've probably all heard it at some point, 
seeing is believing. Yet is that really true? Sometimes people refuse to believe their own eyes. This happens to good or to bad people. And this is what has happened here in chapter 8 of, of Mark. We have two group, groups of people who've seen and still don't believe. The Pharisees have been shown multitudes of miracles and their hardened hearts refuse to believe and Jesus has basically stopped dealing with them. We have the disciples who have seen even more miracles and have spent days upon days, a couple of years with Jesus, and yet still they're dull of heart at the very least. And Jesus has given them signs all over the place and they just, they just don't believe what they've seen. Well, here's their sign. They must have eyes to see. So we see in, in point one that seeing is not believing. Because believing is, is more than eyesight. We see the Pharisees came and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign. A sign from heaven testing him. These Pharisees, as they see Jesus come off the boat with his disciples, they just come over him and they start attacking right away. They want to fight. They begin to dispute with him. And they ask him to give them a sign. Show us a sign. And they think they are putting Jesus to the test. So what they're saying is, show us a sign. We're, we're testing you. We want you to prove that you are the Son of Man that you said you were. And yet, they are the ones, ultimately, that are being tested, judged, Now remember, remember back in Mark chapter 1. Who was it that was testing Jesus in Mark chapter 1 when he went out to the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights? That was Satan. So if you listen closely to this, this passage of the Pharisees, you can hear the whispers and echoes of Satan of that old serpent, egging them on. The serpent who sought to tempt Jesus in Mark 1 is now using his pharisaical minions to test Jesus. Remember when Satan was done testing Jesus in Mark 1, it's actually recorded in Luke that he was waiting for an opportune time to come back and test Jesus. This seems to be the time that Satan has chosen. And they seek for a sign. And, and what does Jesus say? He, he responds to them very briefly. And 
They can't read the signs of the weather. They can't, I mean, I'm sorry, they can read the signs of the weather. They can go outside, they can look at the clouds, they can even see the birds singing or the birds stopping singing. You ever done that? You go outside and everything is noisy and, and wonderful and then all of a sudden it just stops and you know something has changed oftentimes in the weather. And Jesus, as he explains it in Matthew, says that you can read the weather signs. You know what's going on from looking out at the clouds and the things going on in the heavens and even from the animals around you. You can, you can get an inkling of, of what's coming. Yet, you've been studying these scriptures for years, maybe even decades. And you think you're looking for the Messiah. And I am here, and you reject me. They can understand the weather, but they have no clue about the Word of God. The Word that they study. The Messiah that they read about and are waiting for is standing before them and has offered them sign after sign after sign that the kingdom has come. That Christ is the Messiah. I mean, what more can Jesus do? How many more signs can He give them? He's, he's answered so many of the prophets and fulfilled the testimony of Isaiah and others concerning the, the Messiah. They know, well, I should say they've read these Scriptures. They don't know them, but they've read them. They've seen demons time and again flee from Jesus. And yet what do they say? He's doing these miracles through the power of Beelzebub, through the power of Satan. They're projecting their evil upon Jesus. They've seen Him heal many people. He even raised a girl from the dead. A synagogue ruler raised his daughter from the dead. And with the Pharisees and scribes in attendance, he proved that he was the Son of Man who has the power to forgive sins. And he told the paralytic to take up his mat and walk in chapter 2. Oh, the Pharisees have gotten their sign. They've gotten more than enough signs. So Jesus just leaves them to go to the other side of the lake. There's just no reason to engage the Pharisees and the scribes in any lengthy way anymore. And so that's what Jesus has been doing. He just leaves them in their sin. They have made their choice and rejected their Messiah. And so we we see that Jesus gets on a boat and goes to the other side. He just leaves completely the Pharisees and their vicious attacks. And he gets in the boat with his disciples 
And we'll, we'll see that not only were the, the Pharisees blind to the signs that Jesus had shown them, but that the disciples as well refused to believe their own eyes. Because it's, they need the eyes of their hearts opened. And we read that they'd forgotten to bring bread. Very first thing Mark brings up, they forgot bread. Oh my, how can they survive with only one loaf of bread? They've just seen Jesus feed thousands of people on two occasions with just a few loaves of bread. And they're concerned, they're concerned about the bread. This makes you wonder. And Jesus says to them, uh, Beware of the of the false teaching of the of the Pharisees. Actually, he says in Mark here, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Leaven being just the word for yeast. And when you make bread, maybe you make beer, you've got to have yeast. And and if you throw it into the bread dough and work it around. It just takes a little bit of yeast and it does its magic. And as wonderful as yeast is in, in, in so many things that we eat and drink, in Scripture it's, it's, it's used as a picture of, of the corruption of sin and how easily leaven, yeast, gets into a, a person and, and spreads throughout their whole body, not leaving any of their senses unaffected. And we know that what Jesus means by the leaven of the Pharisees and Herod is the false teaching, the doctrine. And even more in particular, as Luke says, is, is, is their hypocrisy. Because once again, as spoken of earlier, they're waiting for the Messiah. They read the Scriptures every day. They base their lives upon the Word of God, they say. And they're expecting deliverance from the Romans. But they've got the fulfillment of everything they're hoping for in front of them. And they hate it because they're hypocrites. They don't truly understand the scriptures that they claim they love. If they did, they would love Christ and they would see Him for who He was. So the disciples, when they hear this, they, they, they mumble among themselves that this is Eleven of the Pharisees, I mean, we, we just don't have enough bread. You know, why didn't you bring more bread? You can just imagine them arguing with one another. You know, you could have brought a couple more loaves of bread. See, now Jesus is upset. We don't have any bread. How can they reason like that? So Jesus, understanding this, even though he doesn't directly hear the conversations, he, he knows they're discussing this. 
And he says, why? And he just smashes them with a series of questions. Digging at them. Hoping that this will enliven them and and get them to think about what's going on. He says, "Why, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Well, and, and by this time he also would have told them, you know, I am the bread of life. It's in another gospel, but he, after one of his miracles of the feedings, he, he, he said, I am the bread of life. And he, and he showed them twice that he provides bread for the multitudes. Just like God did in the wilderness. For his people, every day he provided bread. He gave them their daily bread. Now Christ is the living bread that feeds his people. And they're worried about a lack of bread? Oh, how dull we can be. I'm afraid I do the same thing and probably many of us do the same thing. But he, he further asked them, Why do you reason like this? Do you not understand? Their minds are still darkened. After two years with Christ, they still don't see who he is. Ultimately, it's a lack of faith. It's a lack of of belief and they just haven't come to faith in Christ yet. So he's he's dealing with their mind and their lack of understanding, the reason the fact that they don't reason correctly because they they're still stuck in the old ways of reasoning and they have already eaten the bread of the Pharisees Inherit. They've already been digesting that. And he asks, is your, is your heart still hard? In other words, in your inward being, in your bowels, and the deep recesses of your soul, is your heart still hard? You know what? The heart in the Scripture a lot of times just kind of means the whole soul and mind and everything, but Jesus is clearly kind of separating things here, just showing how deeply they have been infected by the yeast of the Pharisees. Their hearts are still hard. He says, are you blind? Are you deaf? Their senses are dull. They They cannot see with spiritual eyes. They're not hearing the Word of God. It's just a bunch of words to them. They do not understand. He says, do you not remember? He's just continually trying to jolt them to life. How many baskets were left 
when I fed the 5,000? How many baskets were left when I fed the 4,000? They were fed to overflowing. This isn't about bread. This is about your heart. How do you not understand? This episode reveals that yes, they're they're still devouring the leaven of the Pharisees and Herod. In fact, it wasn't too long before when Jesus was confronted by the Pharisees about the fact that they didn't wash their hands before they ate, that they didn't clean their cups, they didn't even clean their couches. And Jesus explained to the Pharisees, it's not what goes in, it's what comes out. It's a, it's a matter, the pollution comes from the heart. The outside world doesn't pollute. It is the heart that pollutes. And what was the disciples' response to that? Don't you know you upset the Pharisees? You made them cry. You upset the Pharisees was their response. They're still deluded. And it's hard to understand, but that's not necessarily unique to them. And how long did it take us to see the truth of Christ? For friends or family or neighbors, people that will argue endlessly about whether Christ is real, and even still as believers, we have to ask, are, are we blind to the works of Christ in our life? Do we see His work? Are we deaf to the Word of God? Do we eat the poison, the leaven of the world, false teachers all around us on TV everywhere, pagan religions? Do we let those things affect what we know and how we live our lives? We let the world mold us. Jesus is, is speaking of we've got to have the truth in us. We must keep sound doctrine. Paul tells us, let us, let us keep the feast. Not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. The unleavened bread of sincerity, not hypocrisy. As the Pharisees taught and believed, but sincerity in Christ. His true word 
the truth of Scripture has got to be central. We cannot allow the world and false teachers and others pollute our, our understanding of the faith of Christ. And we also, as Jesus just, just over and again speaks to us about remembering what He's done for you. Remember your salvation. Remember the goodness of Christ. We even have a sacrament devoted regularly to remembering Christ's death on the cross for our sins. He was the Passover lamb, the perfect lamb of God who took our sin upon Him. And we receive His righteousness if we trust in Him and are saved by Him. We eat the bread, His broken body. We drink the wine, His spilt blood. And we feast spiritually upon Christ's body. And we are to remember this regularly as we come to the Lord's table. So, in conclusion, we must understand that, that Jesus was and He is still no respecter of persons. He, he doesn't, didn't, and even now doesn't care if we're a king, a high priest, or a regular Joe. He did not perform miracles for the Pharisees and does not perform them for us on demand like He's a magician at the lead center on stage. And when he did, and when he does something miraculous, we need to understand it. And remember it. So the Pharisees and the disciples both get rebuked for their hard hearts and their blind spirits. Yet one group will continue in their blindness, and the other mostly will not. You even see how Jesus questions the disciples using words like yet. There's hope in his prodding of the disciples even as that same prodding reveals that they are still in sin. Jesus leaves the Pharisees, continues with his disciples and they will get the eyes to see. They will have the eyes of faith. And just as natural eyes are a gift from God, so are the eyes of faith. And without faith, we cannot please Him. So let's pray that Christ opens the eyes of our hearts, enlightens them, and gives us wisdom to understand who He is and what He's done. And let our sign be that Christ has saved us. And now we are not blind, but we can see. Amen. Lord, please give us wisdom in all things. Help us to trust in You and Your Word. 
that your spirit would guide us into all truth so that we would not be deceived by the leaven, the yeast of all the false teachers and wrong ways that this world tries to deceive us. Help us to see your truth and to love Christ with all of our heart, mind, strength, and soul. In your Son's name, amen.